0: Welcome heathens, welcome to the world of the weird and unexplained. I am your host, Nicole Delacroix, and together we will be investigating stories about the things that go bump in the night, frighteningly imagined creatures, supernatural beings, and even some unsolved mysteries, but I promise all sorts of weirdness. So, you guessed it, sit back, grab your favorite drink and prepare to be transported to today's Dark Enigma. And on today's Dark Enigma, well, you guessed it, we have another listener suggestion. And this one is very exotic, and I had a ton of fun researching it, so I hope you guys like the story as well. Well, with that said, we will still be playing our drinking game, and as you know, the drinking game is only for those of us that are at home and have nowhere else to go tonight. The choice of libation, as always, my darlings, is yours. So choose your poison accordingly. All right, now for the game part. How about every time I say soseki, and I know that sounds like I'm saying dosekis, and that's really highly possible around here, but it's not, it's soseki. <laughs> That will be a single shot and every time I say samurai that's going to be a double shot. All right? Now that we have the business end out of the way, we can jump headfirst into today's dark enigma. So, don your best kimono and obi or if you prefer your samurai armor as we dive into today's tale, of mysterious flesh-eating revenants and specters from Japanese folklore. I know, I love it. A type of entity that is very pervasive across cultures is that of the flesh-eater, the wraiths, the ghouls that lurk in the night to skitter about among the shadows and feed off of human flesh. Nearly every culture in the world has some form of this grim legend, the most instantly recognizable being vampires, but that is only just scratching the surface of how deep the macabre lore really goes. The country of Japan has its own creepy and bizarre legends of pale, fanged entities that come forward out of the night to feast on the bodies of the dead. One very frightening type of carnivorous revenant from Japanese folklore is a type of flesh-eating ghoul known as the Jiniki. Yeah, I know I misspelled that, but whatever. Or also known as the shokojinki, which ominously translates to simply human-eating ghost. If that's not terrifying enough, right? According to the lore, these creatures lurk about old temples, cemeteries, and abandoned ruins near human settlements, where they emerge at night to feast upon the remains of the dead, greedily devouring any remains that they find, but never feeling satiated, and they're eternally hungry. They are said to have the power to mesmerize people and to instill a primal fear in those who look upon them yet most avoid human beings preferring to go about their grim deeds unseen. In some ways, these foul creatures are depicted in similar ways to the old European legends of vampires, in that they shun daylight and appear as somewhat monstrous-looking pale humans with no hair and possessing sharp claws and teeth. Although, unlike vampires, they only feed on the flesh and bones of the already deceased, raiding graves, stealing bodies from funerary rituals and temples, and flocking to the fallen at battlefields, and don't actually do any killing themselves. In some legends, they can even have powers such as invisibility or the ability to shapeshift to an extent to make themselves appear more human for short periods of time allowing them to enter towns undetected and even make shady transactions with or bribe corruptive individuals in order to obtain more corpses to feast upon. Depending on the area and the local traditions, there are different versions for how these eaters of the dead came to be. One legend is that they were once priests, who then gave in to corruption and greed, finding themselves unable to pass on after death, Instead, cursed to skitter about eating the dead. Other lore says that these were people who developed a taste for cannibalism in life, and that this somehow tainted their soul to doom them to crave human flesh in death as well, twisting their visages as well in the process. Still other traditions tell of them being simply people who carried out wicked acts or those who are cursed by a dark magician. However, one thing that remains consistent throughout the tales is that they are eternally hungry, never satisfied, and their nightly meals only a very minor respite from their never-ending gnawing hunger and damnation. Most legends make it a point to stress that these zombie-like revenants don't even enjoy the human flesh that they eat, and often even show remorse about it but rather are compelled to devour it by some strange dark force. There are tales of Jikininki approaching priests asking to be freed of the curse or confessing their hatred of their condition, but there is little that can be done for these doomed souls. It's said that one of the only ways to lift the curse is for a completely and perfectly pure and righteous individual, rare enough as it is, To then agree to a long and stringent regimen of ritual and prayer, and even then, it's not guaranteed to work. With the horrific curse said to be extremely potent and nearly unbreakable. While there are numerous stories of people seeing and encountering the the jikininki, perhaps the most well known story is an alleged encounter with one made by a monk called Musu Sosiki. Yeah, Doseki's right. I want to call him Dosekis too. And he was a priest in the 18th century. According to this tale, Soseki was on a journey through the mountains on a pilgrimage when he got hopelessly lost. With the sky darkening and no clear path in sight, he stumbled along through all through the wilderness until he came upon the hovel of a hermit priest out there in the middle of nowhere, who he begged to give him shelter for the night. The rather filthy old hermit refused, but gave directions to a nearby village, which Soseki managed to find his way to in the rapidly darkening forest. The villagers were very gracious, and the son of the village chief even offered Soseki a place to stay for the night, but there was a caveat. The son told him that his father had died that very same day, and that the villagers would be leaving the town for the night as was custom for them when someone died, and they feared that if they did not, they would be cursed or targeted by dark entities that would wander the woods. However, since Soseki was not one of them, it was not necessary for him to leave as well, and he was given permission to use the house and the condition that he not mind being being there totally alone in the mountain, Night with these unknown forces roving about. I don't know about you, but yeah, whole village disappears. Yeah, I might be a little bit taken aback by that. Soseki bravely agreed, and he even offered to perform a funerary ritual for the corpse, for which the villagers thanked him before filing out away into the night to leave the monk all by himself. When everyone was gone, Soseki went about making his preparations to perform his ritual. And then went into meditation in front of the corpse. At some point the door to the temple creaked open and a wraith-like pale figure crawled in from out of the night to situate itself by the corpse and coldly regarded Soseki with glowing eyes like embers in a fire. The monk remained calm but immediately found himself inexplicably paralyzed and unable to move. Stuck there helplessly in a silent scream as the demonic intruder went about devouring the chief's corpse before his eyes, after which it grabbed the valuables that had been left out with the body and scampered off back out into the forest. So Soseki suddenly was able to move again, but when he ran outside he could only see the dark forest. The thing was gone. The following morning, the villagers came back and Soseki told the chief's son about his father's corpse and the strange entity he had seen. The son merely nodded his head as if it was not really all that unusual. Soseki offered to enlist the help of the hermit priest out in the forest in order to perhaps arrange some sort of cleansing ritual to banish the evil creature away. But the son seemed puzzled and claimed that there was no such priest anywhere in the area nor had there been for as long as he could remember. Soseki assured him that there was indeed a hermit priest out there, that he had spoken with him, but the villagers all told him the same thing, that he must be mistaken. Baffled, Soseki thanked them for their hospitality and continued on his way, trudging out to his destination, but not before taking a detour past the area where the hermit priest lived. Sure enough, the filthy-looking ramshackle hut remained, and a knock at the door produced a voice from the shadows within inviting him to enter. When Soseki went in, he found murky squalor, but he was taken aback by a pile of shiny valuables and treasure stashed away in the corner, and amongst this he recognized some of the belongings that had been stolen from the chief's body by the ghoul he had seen. Shocked and alarmed, he began to back away. But a voice from the dark stopped him. It was the voice of the mysterious priest. The hermit quickly confessed to what he really was, telling the monk that he had once indeed been a priest in that very village, but that his greed for money and worldly possessions had brought a dark curse down upon him, which had transformed him into a jinkinki, and doomed him to seek out corpses to feed on for all eternity. The hermit was calm and non-threatening, and even got down on his knees to bow and deeply apologize for what he had done. He told Soseki that he was tired and had long waited for one to come along who could release him from his damnation, after which he begged the monk to perform a cleansing ritual upon him to free him from his horrific existence. As Soseki stood there listening, still in puzzled shock and trying to figure out what to do, the hermit and his dwelling began to fade away until there was nothing there but the monk standing upon a lonely patch of grass. The tale of Muso Soseki is by far the most widely told account of a Jiniki, but it is certainly not the only such dramatic story. Another is the tale of an unnamed samurai, who after a fierce skirmish with a rival clan found himself the last man standing on a bloody battlefield littered with corpses. As the the sun went down, he vowed to stay with the bodies of his fallen comrades and keep watch until morning so as to ensure their corpses were not defiled or eaten by animals. Sometime in the dead of night, there was movement from the surrounding forests and what looked like a naked, bald old man with pale skin and glinting eyes crept from the trees to approach one of the fallen warriors. It then squatted down and began to eat the corpse with wild abandon, as someone might do a meal after not having eaten in days. The samurai tried to call out to the mysterious stranger, but found that his voice would not issue forth, trapped within his own throat. He then drew his sword and started to approach, his movements mysteriously sluggish but still possible perhaps due to his honed willpower. He slowly made his way toward the creature, which finished one body only to move over and crouch beside another to feed again. It either did not hear the samurai approach or it didn't care, but approach he did until he was looming over the beast with his sword raised. He then muttered a prayer and brought the steel down upon the thing's neck, lopping its head clean off to fall to the already blood-stained ground. Much to the surprise of the samurai, the eyes within the severed head trained on him, and the thing's body felt around wildly until clawed hands settled on it. The body then lifted the disembodied head and placed it upon the shoulders, after which it went back to eating as if nothing had happened. The samurai now found that he could not move a muscle, that he was frozen there and doomed to merely watch the gruesome display before him. According to the story, the beast crept through the wilderness of corpses and one by one ate every single one of them single-handedly before skittering off into the darkness and releasing the samurai from his mysterious paralysis. Although this may all be pure folklore... It is interesting to note how similar these entities are to other types of flesh-eating ghouls, vampires, and ghosts persistent in myths throughout cultures, and one wonders whether there is any sort of phenomena or basis in reality to make this so. Many such legends are based on at least a grain of truth, or a real event. So, what is it that spawned the tales of these ghostly eaters of the dead? What created the myths and legends, or were they perhaps maybe even real to some extent? Well, we will probably never know, and God help us, I hope we don't. But the Janiki is nevertheless a very creepy and spooky piece of lore, and a truly a horrific monster equal to any in the Western world. And with that, my darlings, we've come to the end of our episode. I thank you for joining me here today on Renegade Talk Radio, and I hope you'll take some time to reach out to me and share your thoughts on what you think about today's episode. You can always reach me and the show at darkenigmapodcast at gmail.com, and if you have a suggestion for a future show, you just want to share what you think, you're bored and you need somebody to talk to, drop me a line because I do reply to every single email. And on that note, that's all the time I have for you this evening. I thank you for joining me here on Renegade Talk Radio. And you guessed it, my darlings. Don't forget to tune in next time. See you, my heathens. I love you. We don't sugarcoat shit. <laughs> this is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio.